Hello everybody and welcome to This Game Where with me, Ashley, and me, Chris. I feel like I always do that bit, but it's not always me, is it? No, we take it in turns. You do the, uh, hello everyone and welcome to, and I do the awful game references. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, I forget about those. Maybe I scrub my brain of those every time we're finished. Well, so. the fans like them, so there you go. The fans? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All the fans. I, we have had written evidence of that, I suppose. Yeah. That one email. Yeah. That was suspiciously written in your style of... Uh... <laughs> no comment. Chris, you like to tell everybody what this uh, what this podcast is, don't you? Absolutely. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take another crack at it, if that's okay, because I did a really shocking job of it last time. Well, you have so, to stop explaining it. Yeah. This, okay. this Game Where is a podcast by me and M. Chris and Ashley, you, me, where we take a game from our past, usually our childhood, but it doesn't have to be these days, and we spend a little bit of time talking about it, a little bit of time playing it, and then a little, little bit of time talking about it again, and that is the format. And this week it is your turn, Ashley. So last week's episode, Sonic Spinball, you said that it was going to be a game I'm going to absolutely hate. So I'm going to this, I've got bad feelings in my tum. Did I really say that? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember saying that. And I edited it as well, so I've listened to it about five times. Um, so it's this game where, don't get too sad, it's this game where you are a grown man wearing shorts, or if you're lucky, three-quarter length shorts. Oh, no. And a T-shirt. You may also be a grown woman, although you only have like a one in, something like one in 12 or one in 14 chance of being that woman who also similarly wears maybe baggy jeans or some three-quarter length trousers and you you ride around on a piece of wood you launch yourself into the air chris you're grimacing you launch yourself into the air racking up lots and lots of points lots and lots and lots of points if you're good at the game any ideas it's one of them tony hawks games isn't it no oh twist ah yeah it is it oh, is i just no. i just wanted to see because you dipped there, you'd gone right down. You were in the you were in the doldrums, and you. I thought if I say it's not, you'll come back up, and then I can watch you drop again. And it worked, and it's amazing. I'm really enjoying it. You horrible man. What? Why? Just for this enjoying episode, that, that roller coaster you put me through. Okay, all right, I can accept that. I was gonna. I thought you were saying I was horrible because I had chosen to do Tony Hawks today. Well. I knew it was coming. It was inevitable. The writing's been on the wall since episode one or whatever it was when you first mentioned this, and I got a bit sad. It probably was episode one, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm not that averse to the Tony Hawk's games. It's just I'm not Oh, you've just been them. having me on. Oh, really? Just, Is that why? Yeah. You don't like things that you're not good at? No, not at all. Who does? Um, Sometimes I like things that I'm not good at. I like singing. Okay, fair. But I'm a shocking singer. I can hold a note. Right. I'm not tone deaf or anything. But equally, I'm not particularly adept. And I keep doing it. That's all a bit fun, isn't it? A bit singing. Yeah. When I used to teach, if I'd had a day that was stressful or long, I would... I had a 25-minute drive home and I would, whatever the weather was, wind down the windows, put my music on full (laughs) blast and sing all the way home with the wind blasting through the windows. It was brilliant. So which Tony Hawk's is it? It was a toss-up between Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. In my view, there are sort of generations of Tony Hawk's games, but they are quite distinct in my head. Tony Hawk's 1 and 2, first generation. Tony Hawk's 3 and 4, second. Thug era, third generation. So we're doing Tony Hawk's 1? We are doing Tony Hawk's 2. 2, sorry. And which console is this on? So this is the PlayStation. Right, okay. The reason we're doing Tony Hawk's 2 is because it introduces the manual 
Are you familiar at least? I only know skateboarding terms from the game, so I'm not, you know, an expert. But are you familiar with what a manual is? Right, I was going to say, I'm assuming you mean in the actual uh, game case itself, the game manual, but clearly you don't. So that I shows am not on about that, no. my <laughs> lack of skateboarding know-how. So this is going to be cringy probably to listen to for anyone that has even a passing knowledge of skateboarding well, this, wherever you are. Listening to, uh, to us try and understand the intricacies of the sport. It's a bit like uh, burning rubber, isn't it? Where we talked about sporting that and we both realised yeah, that we had you, no we concept driving. whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so a manual is where you pull the board up forwards or backwards so that it's basically, it's basically like a skateboarding wheelie. Right. Yeah, and the first game didn't have them, which posed a problem for me because it meant that you couldn't or it does pose a problem now it didn't in the first instance but you couldn't string moves together you couldn't say move from a vert move like a jump vert. to a grind like without breaking your combo yeah right okay okay i'm starting yeah. to get some groundwork in with the knowledge now yeah exactly okay so you couldn't you couldn't string things together as easy so that's why i went for Tony Hawk's 2 in this instance. Didn't this game have hidden like letters in the levels? They had to do the tricks to get to. Yes, it did. Yeah. It had the letters T-E-A-K-S. T-E-A-K-S. Yeah. Steak. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was hoping you'd say. Yeah. Why skate? Steak? Oh, skate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'll be honest. I did definitely purposefully put the, the letters in the wrong order so that you would come... <laughs> some absurd I cannot believe in the context of this game that I could not work out what the word was how embarrassing oh, I'm glad that you didn't work it out that's a lot better like that well done I was thinking oh I was thinking Kate like more than one Kate Keats Teeks. like is, is it po- poetry Keats oh no skate yep Cool. Yeah, so it does. It has those letters. And there are other collectibles as well. So actually, it should be up your alley because you love a good collectathon. And this is uh, Neversoft, isn't it? With the eyeball on a skateboard at the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's not on a skateboard in Tony Hawk's 2. Oh, that's disappointing. I don't remember what it was in the first one. I should have checked. Is it on a skateboard in the first one? Uh, I'm I'm just remembering eyeball on a skateboard, really. Or just, maybe I'm, you know, colliding the two worlds together. Mm. I've got the eyeball on the skateboard part of it, but... Yeah. The eyeball always gets dispatched in mm. some gruesome mm. way. And then this one, it's a spear through the eyeball. Right. But it crawls on like a worm. Yeah. With the nerve behind. Oh, how grim. Like moving like a worm. It's cool. Yeah. It was all right. So Neversoft, actually, this I might have been, I wish I'd checked this, but this might have been one of the first, or was the first game that they put out. But it wasn't the first game they made because they came from another studio. There was okay. a number of them came from another studio to set up Neversoft and they were given by Sony a contract to make a game called Big Guns. Have right. you heard of Big Guns? No, not at all. No, it was from what I've seen, it was sort of a like a Gundam style large mech suits right. like shooter. It sounds aggressively masculine just from the name. Big guns. Yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. So there was that to start off with, but that didn't go anywhere in the end. It got canned. And then they were making a game called Apocalypse. And Apocalypse, the main character was Bruce Willis. All right. Now, I have no idea at all if Bruce Willis actually voiced the game or whether he was contracted in to appear in the game. Presumably he was because they wouldn't have been allowed to use his 
likeness without that, would no. they? But I didn't know whether they'd maybe project, like created the game with Bruce Willis in it in the hopes that they could convince him to be in the game. Or just, just make it, spend those time making it, and just hope for the best. Yeah, that's what I was thinking Crikey. maybe happened. Because can you think of any other sort of, this is like 1990, that was the first game, by the way, so that would have been 1996 Six. to 98, yeah. somewhere around there, wasn't it? So can you think of any games at, around that time or even prior that had big name celebrities attached to them? Because that would have been quite a... I guess you got quite, quite an anomaly, I would have thought. Sports games like John Madden. Okay, yeah. On the Mega so Drive. Less them if we take those out of the equation. Movie stars, other than say Home Alone. With I can't think of any. If this is what I'm thinking is, this isn't a film franchise that has been given a game make uh, game makeover or anything like that. This is a game that happens to star Bruce Willis, and I can't think of anything like that. I can't think of any. Time. Like that, so I can just I can think of people who no. were in games, but not necessarily big, like Bruce Willis type big. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there are, and I'm sure people might contact us after this comes out and say, "Oh, what about this?" Yeah, was Bruce Willis's likeness in the Die Hard game, or is it that just a generic character? Well, again, that's I think it was Bruce Willis in the Die Hard game, if I remember. It was one of those that I didn't play because I wasn't I didn't have a PlayStation, so I didn't have access to these. But I did see that game. It was pretty good. Yeah, I've okay. heard that it was from friends at the time. And I was like, no, I've got my N64, thanks. Leave me be. Right, so that begs the question then, why are we playing this on the PlayStation then if you did not have it? I'll come to that in a moment. But even just to go back to the Die Hard thing, even the Die Hard thing doesn't fall within the parameters that I've set because that is a game made on the back of a film. And they were fairly ten a penny. And if you're going to do that, chances are you're going to have your character from the film in the game and they're going to have the likeness of the person that played them. So Goldeneye, obviously was 96 to 97 it had Pierce Brosnan in yeah so yeah I know they existed but I think unless I I'm I just don't know the film Apocalypse this feels like it could have been one of the first games with a notable Hollywood actor or any mm. kind of actor in a lead role and that was by the company that then went on to make Tony Hawk's then so this is Neversoft yeah so Neversoft made this game and it was their Apocalypse was the first game that they released and then Tony Hawk's followed swiftly afterwards Tony Hawk the game when they pitched it to Tony Hawk, the man. It was actually Bruce Willis that was riding around on the skateboard. <laughs> so they'd taken, they'd nabbed the assets from Apocalypse to sort of, sort of shortcut the alpha build of uh, of Tony Hawk. And it I mean, had him riding around on the skateboard with a gun on his back. That would have made the game immensely better. Do you reckon? Yeah. Uh, I'm not so sure. Even if you couldn't use the gun, just, just go around. But even if you could, imagine that, like a, a shoot em up cross with a skateboarding game. I'd be all it, over it that. It sounds horrendous. It I sounds don't know brilliant. what you're talking about. It's a sort of mash genres. Sound, no, I don't like it. There was actually one of those. It was called Sunset Overdrive, the Xbox One, and it had middling reviews. Right, okay. So maybe best that Sleeping Dogs lie, eh? Perhaps. Yeah, that yeah. was made by, I'm going to get this wrong, I want to say Insomnia but I'm wrong I'm wrong I'm gonna check it's made by someone no I played it recently as well to see what it was like and it was middling it was it was Insomniac there There you go go. it was made by Insomniac so you know it's not even like it didn't have chops behind it but it was I I'd agree with the people that made it it was middling so at the time that Neversoft were making the game Tony Hawk was also going around the houses trying to pitch a game to various different studios. Let's go around the houses on the skateboard. Actually, yeah. Well, yeah. obviously, because that's the way he gets around. Of course, yeah. What a silly question. You mean literal houses, don't you, as well? Just go around to people, knock on their doors yeah. and saying, you're right, I want to make a game. And they're like, go away, yeah. we're Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Hello, Mr. Miyamoto. Is Nintendo coming out to play? That's oh, what it was like. That. Right, I see. Yeah. No, he, he did actually go and pitch it to Nintendo. They turned him down. Fair. It could have been a different story. It would have been very I different. Think, yeah, I think this game was quite a big issue at least in my brain it was quite a big thing for the playstation 
So let's go back to the most important point. You are bringing this game, yet you didn't have a PlayStation. You know, what's no. what's the but what's every, the deal? Every yeah, well, every Tom, Dick, and Harry at least around my end had a PlayStation, so it wasn't hard to find one. But actually, this game and the first one, these two games, let me talk about them as as a pairing, as one single entity, because in my head they are. These two games belonged originally, initially, to somebody whose house I used to go to when my mum and dad went to their house because they were friends with their yeah. parents. So does that make sense? Yeah, that yeah, situation? Yeah. yeah, familiar with it? I Good. am, yes. Um, so they would go around to spend the evening with them, their mates. I would then go upstairs and play PlayStation games with their daughter. And were you friends with their daughter, or was it? Well, a yeah, awkward? I think I think I was friends with their daughter. We we became friends through these yeah, that's good social engagements. But she was a little bit older than me, so I probably was more of a nuisance than <laughs> like <laughs> an encumbrance. Yeah, like, oh god, are they coming round again? Round again. Yes, yes. Be nice to him, or something like that. But she was she was a really nice person. Anyway, I got on really well with her. She was very easy to get on with, and she was she had a PlayStation. And she had the Tony Hawk's games. She also had Final Fantasy VII, which uh, it was the first place. Yeah, she had she had some taste. She also had Jade Cocoon. Do you remember Jade Cocoon? I remember the name, but I don't so remember. So Jade Cocoon was, was like... Platformer? No, it was an RPG, but with like Pokemon stylings. Like it was PlayStation Pokemon. Right. It was good. You got these you got these little monsters, you captured them, and then you could breed them together or fuse them into new mm-hmm. monsters. It was great. That got introduced Genuinely. to one of the later Pokemon games, didn't it? I think it did, yeah. yeah. It, like not you couldn't do it with all the Pokemon. Uh, with this but, yeah, girl, did. is this gonna be like a Pride and Prejudice twist where it's you know, dear reader, I managed I married him. No, no, it <sighs> no. Not at all, no. I don't know where she lives anymore. They they moved away. But right, I, I don't okay. even saying that even saying that makes it sound like it was on the cards and it wasn't. <laughs> I thought I'd made that clear earlier on when no, no. when I said she maybe was older another, than me. Maybe it was another apocalypse thing where I just didn't really listen properly. Did they move yeah, away you because do that of you? A lot. You need to stop. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Right. They moved away because of me. Okay, so you played it around her done. house. I don't know. Yes, we played it around her house. Uh, she was also the person that showed me the Exorcist. So oh, when you were how I, old? Oh yeah, I was old enough. I was like twelve or thirteen. <sighs> no, that's scare, fine. Yeah. I. I'd watched Terminator when I was like six. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Did I not, I've never told you about the time that I had a nightmare because of the film Flatliners when I was about seven years old. No. Okay, well, that's for another day, I think. But yeah, I was very, very au fait with adult films by then. Not like that. Not, no, yeah. Yeah, so she was a really nice person and I got on really well with her. She showed me Tony Hawk's 1 and 2. We had a real laugh playing him. She also introduced me to Final Fantasy properly because I had played Final Fantasy beforehand, but uh, Final Fantasy 7, we played through a lot of that together. It was great. And I really looked forward to going around the house and Mm. really enjoyed playing games with her. It was good. So my memories of the game itself are borrowing it off a friend at school for just for one evening and playing it and just really not getting it at all and simultaneously while playing it listening to 13 by blur which derived in the post because i went through a really big ebay phase of buying albums for a pound off ebay at the time i used to sit and listen to albums while playing games a lot which i don't do anymore so that's my memory of the game really just just playing that first level going around trying to collect the letters s-k-a-t-e yeah I think I pinpointed maybe one of the reasons that you didn't go on with this game and why you maybe don't have fond memories of it now. Because one of the biggest things about Tony Hawk's was the soundtrack. So if you, Uh... you borrowed this game off your friend and then you put on an album, you put on Blur Mm -hmm. to listen to while you played 
Tony Hawk's. Yeah. Was right. that, well, you played was it wrong. Then. It, yeah, I mean, right. it's not very often that I could say that turning off the soundtrack to a game. Well, maybe <laughs> actually, I actually, I was going to say it's not very often that I could say that, but I actually feel that way these days. I don't listen to music when I play games anymore. I don't know about you. No, I don't. I used to it a lot. Like that used to yeah, be. Yeah, I did. Used to be the main way I listened to music was while simultaneously playing games. But now it is. I only really listen to music in the car. At games, I listen to the actual yeah. soundtrack. Or yeah, whatever. I do. I feel like I'm missing out if I'm not listening to mm. the game. Yeah. I maybe if I was playing like a football game or something like that, like FIFA, I would put some music on in the background for that. But then I probably would never play football games yeah, anymore. Exactly. So perhaps not. But anyway, if you were if you were listening to anything other than the game soundtrack, then you weren't you were getting half an experience because the soundtrack and the game in my head are fused together. They were completely inextricable from one another. How so? And the fe- well, the feeling of the game is is completely tied to the soundtrack. Do you even know what the soundtrack was? So I'm guessing it's going what to be... What it consisted of. Like AFI, uh, Alien Ant Farm, all that. <laughs> well, I see what you're getting at. It was alternative music um, in several guises. So probably it had a bit more credibility. Alien Ant Farm maybe had. Don't start your problems with Alien Ant Farm. Perfectly credible a- band. <laughs> AFI would have been perfectly at home there they had public enemy songs on there bad religion were on there okay, there was yeah. there was a whole slew of songs do you know the you presumably you know the band goldfinger yes so oh, superman, they had one song that was really good it's funny it's superman actually yeah <laughs> is that on there yeah well Su- superman is is the song from tony hawk's pro skater oh man i haven't heard that song for and, like 20 years and actually superman was made famous not made famous this is in the band's in the lead singer of Goldfinger's own words, okay, they get they became more famous by huge multiples because of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and the fact that Superman was on there. Well, that's fair enough. And have you seen that there's a documentary came out about Tony Hawk very recently called Pretending I'm a Superman? No, but if I had seen it, I can assure you I would not have watched it. No, you wouldn't have watched it, but it's... <laughs> It's actually it's it's good. It's about it's about the games and it's about him sort of leading up to the games. It's about that, that Michael that, Jordan documentary that came out that everyone's raving about. Um, it just didn't appeal to me. But then the more people rave about it, the more I think mm, maybe I should give it a go. Well, I think if you had, I, I don't think this would appeal to you. I don't think you'd find it very compelling. But I really enjoyed it, and it did have it, the lead singer of Goldfinger on there saying we wouldn't be anywhere near as popular as we are if if it weren't for this game. He explained that they'd been they'd spent the previous five years prior to their first European tour, just touring America. Right. They'd really gone hard on America. And then they came over a few months after Tony Hawk Pro Skater went out uh, to the public. They came over and did a European tour. And for the most part, people were sort of milling around and not particularly engaged with what they were doing on stage. And it was a fairly mediocre set for them right. until they played Superman and then everyone went absolutely wild. Wow. Like that's like the whole place would, would go up. Just off the back um, of it being in Tony Hawk's. Yeah. And wow. their album sales went hugely up. This game had so much more appeal than people would probably have expected. I suppose thinking back to like, you know, the early two thousands, you didn't have even have MySpace, which was the big way of publicizing of, of making music more public no. back in you know, back then. Yeah. Uh, this would have been it's... a way to have got your music if you were lucky enough to have got your music into the game or the record label to push your music into the game or whatever. This would have been a way mm. to, as you've just talked about, a way to have broadened your uh, audience spectacularly, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. But you had to have a certain element of luck as well, really, because it's, yeah, uh, it sounds like to me that Tony Hawk, this was very much like an in- internal affair for him and he invited his friends once he was involved uh, in the neversoft yeah. thing he invited his friends to 
appear in the game. So all the characters in the game, all the skaters are people that Tony personally invited. I might have the wrong end of the stick on that from the documentary, but that's how it sounded to me. But also Tony Hawk does actually say that the music, the whole soundtrack was built up of songs that the people that are in it, the skaters, actually liked. So he asked them or, or they were asked who should be on the soundtrack and then that, that's what made up the soundtrack. That's pretty cool. So it had that yeah. level of... Um, Personalised. Yeah. That's a great to, mm. to phrase it. So it's going to sound really cheesy, but it's almost like this is a game for skaters by skaters, isn't it? That's that's not cheesy at all, because that's pretty much what Tony Hawk said, again, in this documentary. I didn't, again, it's not verbatim, but this is the gist. He said that his ambition for the game was that it would push skaters to buy a PlayStation, which is interesting, mm, because actually, so I think it's more likely to have led gamers to try skateboarding. Yes. And the appeal of this game went so far beyond where it sounds like Tony Hawk thought it would be. He thought skaters would just play this game it turns out that everybody played this game and that it caused skating to boom like the interest in skating mm. skyrocketed it's interesting as well on that point and i'll make it the last one before we play okay it's interesting as well that even though tony hawk doesn't necessarily or didn't necessarily have any idea how big this was going to be it sounds like neversoft did or activision did i can't remember which of the two it was because oh sorry it was activision right activision offered tony a half million dollar buyout, a royalty buyout prior to the release of the first game. So they said to him, here we go. We'll give you half a million in exchange for all future royalties from this game. I think you should start there. I think you should tell the, you know, the resolution of like what happened. You should tell that second half just to keep our viewers, uh, <laughs> just to hook them in, right, okay. keep them interested. Well, if, you, if that's the way you want it, that's yeah. the way you want it. So we'll go... We'll go have a little go on this game. Yeah, definitely. My ambition, so that was Tony Hawk's ambition for the game. My ambition for the game is that I can at least make you enjoy yourself on it. You've greased my wheels, uh, as yeah. it were. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel more open to this than I did when we okay, started this episode. Good. So uh, I have no idea what I said to make that happen, but I'm going with it. I think just the way you we talk, best jump on it now. The way you talked about it, it sounds a lot more thorough than I maybe thought it was, and I'm willing to you know put 20 years behind me and crack on with it again. Let's go. Okay, so I've ollied my way to some semblance of success with that, haven't I, Ashley? Yeah, after a quite frustrating start. Well, let's not go into that. <laughs> you don't well, want to go into it. I've done open of old wounds. Because oh, I couldn't do the controls. Maybe I, sh- I feel like I should apologise on air. Because <laughs> I, I did okay. get quite frustrated at the... I'd like to call it ineptitude, but maybe that's unfair. <laughs> Actually, stuff it. It is an aptitude, one way or the other, because you were having troubles, weren't you, with getting started, getting everything rolling. You couldn't do anything. Stress. The first few runs that you did, you got like a hundred points. Yeah. The and you wouldn't listen to me as to how how to do better. I was trying to work it out myself, which is fine. I appreciate that. I understand. I do understand that, and I accept it. However, when you couldn't, and then I was trying to talk to you about how to do it, you were being a shitbag, which I can put aside. And then, so so there's some level of ineptitude there, maybe. However, yeah. however, what we realised was you'd set your buttons wrong. 
So all of yeah. your controller was mapped to the wrong buttons. So once you sorted that out, I was off. I was yeah, you were a lot doing, my, doing my moves, my grinds, other moves that I can't remember the name of. But whichever way you cut it, there was an aptitude, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. And I apologise wholeheartedly. Right, good. Because I, I don't actually need to apologise, do I? Maybe for being, no. maybe for being angry. All right. Well, apology accepted. Right, before we move on to our thoughts, we need to wrap up the story. What happened with Tony Hawks and Activision and him trying to get his, you know, his cut of the money? I'm sure people know. I don't. He didn't take it, obviously. Mm, wise man. Very wise, because this, this franchise has made money hand over fist ever since its inception. It spent something like four years at least. The first game spent four years in the top ten sales charts. My God. Yeah. And so that came out in 1998. And then in 2000, Tony Hawks Pro Skater 2 came out. And that's also noticeable, sorry, because he, obviously, if he's in the top 10 for four years, and that was released on one console, whereas nowadays you could stay in the top 10 for years because it's released on multiple consoles. Whereas actually, so that shows it's very indicative how well it sold. Absolutely, yeah. It sold like gangbusters. And where, as I said in the first half, Tony Hawks thought it would be a game for skaters. This turned out to be a game for everyone that Mm. converted people into skaters. And not just skaters. This game... I think is more important than people maybe realize for a lot of people because it gave certain types a home or it showed them where their home was and it did that not only through like the alternative humor that it had um but also through the soundtrack which is something that you missed out on yeah in the first instance so that soundtrack was built around his friends and what their tastes were what their likes were but it also allowed to allow people play in the game to be, in a lot of cases, introduced to a, a completely new style of music mm. it, or, or several completely new styles of music. And then it, it's, it certainly supported, if not, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say it created, um, but it supported those alternative mm. communities that existed. So I hung around when I was about 15, 16. I hung around with, uh, yeah, my, my friends were in skating. I wasn't at all. But a lot no. of the a lot of the bands you talked about that were in the, the soundtrack, like um, Dead Kennedys and Mill and Colin and, and what have you, were ones names mm. I recognised from them talking about uh, when we were at school together. So that was quite yeah. Well, uh, that was one of the trip. first things I did when we came off the first half was running through that uh, you did list, the, didn't the you? Soundtrack for the first game, and yeah, you will recognise them, and yeah, your friends that are sort of all will have played them and you'll have heard lots of those bands lots of the bands mm. of all four of the first games and and actually the games after the first four they were just packed to the rafters with great alternative music i just wanted to loop sorry this is good, i'm just going to do a really bad seat now i just wanted to loop back when you said about tony hawks and the the licensing deal it reminded me um i just asked to check my phone the name of it um arnold schwarzenegger's autobiography no not autobiography arnold schwarzenegger have you read on a oh, God's sake? Have you read? <laughs> have you read Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography? That you were really careful over the over the way you said his name there, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. No, is it good? Okay, it's called Total Recall, uh, which is yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Genuinely, really interesting. I read it when mm. it first came out from about 2013 or something. So the the it's quite big. The the first third is about bodybuilding. Okay. The the middle third is all about his film career, and the last third's all about the politics side of it. And I I genuinely found it really interesting. But yeah. In it, he talks about um, when twins were, uh, came out, when it was in pre-production or what have you. That him mm. and Diane DeVito signed a deal to, I think it's they each get 
10% of like what the film makes and that includes like a video release and when it's aired on TV. Yeah, in perpetuity. That's the phrase, yes. And at the time, if I remember this correctly, it was the first time a deal like that had been signed because and they thought, um, oh yeah, this is just a, you know, straight to bargain film and you know yeah. yeah sure you can have that and then he said that yeah obviously it went massive and that film has generated me an incredible amount of money over the years i just found that really interesting yeah absolutely and i i bet that happens all the time yeah um, now but that was like in 1991 like or, or whatever when that mm. came out late 80s and it's it, same with tony hawk so he could have taken the five hundred thousand, or he you know decided actually i'm going to keep a stake in this and i think he absolutely made the right move yeah, I think so too. I agree. And he talks he talks about this in the documentary, Pretending I'm a Superman. Presumably you didn't get the reference to that when I said the name of the documentary in the first half. Pretending I'm a Superman. Yeah, it's from the song Superman by Goldfinger. No, no. I, from I remember, the soundtrack. I remember the song, but I have no idea what the lyrics are or anything. Okay, well, that that's how iconic that song was for that first game because right. it then went on to become the name of the documentary. In the documentary, he talks about when he was thinking about should he or shouldn't he take the money. And at the time, he was sort of back on the up and up, but he'd spent a good few years, again, I'm paraphrasing, these aren't his exact words, but languishing, not not particularly taking off in his career, not particularly okay. doing anything. He, he actually spoke about when he was having struggles, he'd actually taught himself to edit video through putting videos like skater videos together um, for himself and for other people. And he made money when he was struggling. He made money by editing other people's videos, but also he did a lot of video game commercials, (laughs) (laughs) which I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that about him at all, but he's been big into gaming anyway, since he was young. Um, And so actually the game and the skateboarding coming together seems like it might've been the perfect storm for him. It's a bit like uh, Rick Green back in episode too a green dog isn't it yes yes sort of working every angle but yeah that's that's the sort of situation he was in when he was offered this half a million so half a million i think he said something like half a million was more money than he'd ever seen in his life Mm. and so it would have been a big draw but i think he made the right choice because this one this this game will have made more money for him than probably skateboarding yeah (laughs) i I would say in totality he's got he he made reference to it twice he's got a big vert ramp in it like a half pipe presumably in his back garden in this big warehouse sort of building right. and he said it's a million pound or a million dollar ramp grief how could a ramp be a million dollars well it was massive Oof. so uh yeah it but to be. He, he was offered 500 grand to buy him out of the of all the royalties that's a quarter he, ramp isn't it half a half ramp yeah exactly yeah so he got he got twice as much ramp as he would have got if he <laughs> If he'd taken the deal. Twice as much ramp for his book. And he only got half a ramp, so yeah. uh, I don't know. I think, is Tony Hawk famous? He is fairly famous for doing, like, full loop-de-loops. Yeah, it said in I the... I think that was one of the things that he... In the blurb in the game, it said that he's uh, was like the first person or he's known for doing the full 900 degrees. Right. The 900 is a different thing. And right. The 900 is a, is, a, is a spin. Oh, okay. Uh, so when he goes up the ramp, you know, like a 10... I, in snowboarding, there's a 1080. Yes. Oh, no, well, the 900 the is The 900 is one less half spin yeah. than a 1080. Yeah, mathematics. That's why it's called sense. 900. Yeah, and I, that was actually quite interesting as well. That was in that was in the documentary. I shouldn't keep saying that, but um, the he was pushing for the 900 for ages and ages and ages, years, really trying to go for the 900. It was his, like, white whale. And then about two months before the game came out, 
serendipity stepped in and he did the 900 for the first time. So he did the 900, which rocketed him into a different stratosphere of fame. Mm -hmm. And then the game came out. So that fed into the game. Then the game rocketed up. So it was just like this constant upward movement Mm. for him from 1998 onwards. Which sounds nice. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. this game came out in 2000. I don't think we mentioned that in, in the first uh, half. No. Um, I, once I got to grips with it, I once got the controls, I actually quite enjoyed that game. Good. Good. Because I wasn't sure. I, I That's genuinely what I was worried about. I was worried that because I got shirty with you at the beginning, that you I would have ruined everything. <laughs> And that, that you'd hate the game. Once I was getting to my moves and I was doing it, I was I was loving it, you know, doing yeah. the half pipe moves and the jumping over the, the plane and the helicopter and find the secret tape and then that was one move I landed, I got six thousand points and the little endorphin rush I got from that was incredible. Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. I'm really glad to hear it. Because what you've got there is a little microcosm of what playing Tony Hawk games is has been like for me over well, the last 20 years, I suppose it would have been. I did still weird it. saying it. Um, you know, I, that was very much a fluke, but... Uh, you know. Right. However, however, that is surely the way it, pretty much everyone starts with Tony Hawk, isn't yeah. it? So you start with baby steps. You were doing each objective in that first level one at a time, weren't mm. you? I went into that first level and did three or four just in the first run, in the first two minutes. So that's the difference. You know, if you just spent a bit more time playing it and mm. you would definitely pick it up a bit a bit more and like any game isn't it and one of the things i really liked about how the moves work is that you've got if there was a move so there was a move i was doing i can't which one it was and i thought oh actually i've got some quite a lot of points for that so i'll try doing it again and then the game doesn't give you as much yeah Mm. and then if you carry on doing it it gets less and less and less and then also within that you've then got these sloppy moves as well so where you don't land it quite right and then you've also got the perfect moves but land it right and the fact the game calculates all these different things on the fly as you're doing them i think it's very clever yeah well there's a bit more nuance to the game than maybe people give it credit for yeah and i you know i hold my hands up i didn't think it was going to be that nuanced and for it to be Hmm. have that degree of uh cleverness uh within yeah. it i think it's good i still think it's very arcadey but i tend to prefer wrong things with that. that are arcadey yeah. no no i was that's exactly what i was going to say so if you if you offered me any type of game my favorite racing game is burnout 3 so i'm i'm i err more on the arcadey side of things anyway mm. so for me the thing with between skate and t- tony hawk games where everyone suddenly abandoned Tony Hawk games and preferred skate. And if you didn't like skate, then you weren't a proper skateboarding game fan or whatever. Uh, I never really got because the whole point of Tony Hawk was that it was fun. I was watching a really good... Do you watch Game Makers Toolkit? No. So Game Makers Toolkit is a YouTube channel and it's brilliant. Lots of insightful stuff. Um, about games and game design and stuff and it was talking about Celeste and oh, okay. how, how they made Celeste work so well and he really rates Celeste's platform mechanics really highly. I've seen this in other games as well like Dead Cells. They've made design choices that empower the gamer empower the player and make them feel more accomplished than maybe they actually are mm-hmm. by saving their back, their backsides every so often so that in the, in the game Celeste you can run off the platform by three frames which isn't very much for a normal person but it's enough to save you if you press the button ever so slightly late after you've actually fallen off the platform you can still jump right and they've got lots of these different mechanics in the game so that it becomes less frustrating and more fun so their eye is always on 
how fun it is for the player and how stress, not stress-free, but how little it frustrates. Mm. To me, Tony Hawk's is that. It's a game that takes something that for a lot of people that were getting into it in the 90s and the and the early noughties, people knew very little about. Like the skateboarding star was waning very much in the, that period of time and it this gave it a big boost. So, but most people going into it didn't really know much about skating. So if they then got thrown into this big old simulation of skateboarding where you had to have these tiny little twitch movements to yeah. get the skateboard to move properly, the whole thing would have just fallen apart and skate wouldn't have even got a chance to, to exist because people would have poo-pooed Tony Hawk's. So I, I'm just thinking you saying that about Gran Turismo. Did you ever play Gran Turismo on PlayStation. I played Gran Turismo, but it was never, again, it was never my thing. No, I really tried to get into it and I just found it so straight laced and so that the whole fine tuning beneath the car, I just want to race, I just want to play a racing game. I yeah. don't want to, uh, but that's, I want to go fast. Yeah, exactly. Just saying about you yeah. saying about skateboarding waning reminds me as well. I think just as a indication of Tony Hawk's level of fame, I'm sure in the early noughties he was in an episode of The Simpsons as well. Well, that was after this. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. The fact that this and he became, you know, to, to that level. I mean, yeah, it, honestly, yeah. It, it skyrocketed. Yeah, that, that again is something that someone talked about. One of the other skaters, I think it might have been Rodney Mullen. He talked about how Tony Hawk was big, but then after the game, he was huge. Mm. Like he was, and he, he ended up being everywhere. Or it just just part of popular culture. Mm. And and that's true. Like even if people weren't playing Tony Hawk games, they probably knew that Tony Hawk games existed, and vicariously that Tony Hawk existed. Whereas pre ninety eight, I wouldn't have known Tony Hawk from Jonah Lomu. Though, so I've just realised I keep saying Tony Hawks, don't I? And that's the name of the comedian that he always gets muddled with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's Tony Hawk, but the game is called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Yeah. So the pro skater that belongs to Tony Hawk's. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. Tony Hawk's <laughs> is the round island with the fridge guys. I've, I've probably done it as well, but I have been yeah. making making a concerted effort to make sure I say it properly. So I haven't said this. Tony Hawk 2 is brilliant, but actually the games get better over the course of the first four games because you go from the PlayStation 1 version of the game, so Tony Hawk's 1 and 2, which are great, and Tony Hawk's 2 is the progression of where they were in Tony Hawk's 1. They refine the, the thing and they add manuals which allows you to do combos. I don't know if I mentioned that at first. Yeah, you did. Uh, then Tony Hawk's 3 is on the PlayStation 2, so you get this huge bump in mm-hmm. graphical fidelity and you also get these much larger spaces to navigate and do tricks in and there's some really great levels in that bigger and better in every way they also add i think in tony hawks 3 something called a revert which means that you press a button at the bottom of the uh, the ramp and it does something that is beyond me technically on a skating level that allows you to continue your combo a revert i don't know the technicals i just know that it made me get bigger combos and that was great that's fair. Uh, Tony Hawk's 4 took everything that was great about the previous three games and then it put them into these like sandbox, huge sandbox oh, levels. Oh, wow. Which within each level had people that you spoke to that gave you objectives. So your objectives oh. weren't just in a list. You went around the level, you found people, you talked to the people and then they gave you a thing to do and it maybe gave you two minutes to do that thing and you'd go and have a bash at it. So think about the timeline of this. That would have been after GTA on the PlayStation 2, wouldn't it? When that big open world sandbox exploration was was pretty popular. Yeah, it must In terms have been. of Tony Hawk's 2 come out in 2000, number four must have been out after GTA yeah. 3. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That must be right. I, I couldn't place the timeline. I got Tony Hawk's 3 and my PlayStation 2 way later than that. I, it's hard for me to figure out and I didn't check it. The only thing I wanted to say before we wrapped it was uh, Spyro 3. 
which you weren't aware of. No, I own it, but I haven't played it. So Sparrow 3, which I think came out in 1999, yeah, it was 1999, uh, had levels that were skate parks and were directly influenced by this game again just as an indication of how popular this was at the time yeah. so and it was one where you you went around and it was exactly the same mechanics that you were held a button to go faster and you went up a ramp and then you held a button and spun rounds and all that and I've, having played through the remasters this year it's still in there and there is the, the very first time you encounter it which is fairly early on in the third game there is one move you can do and you've you get the high score and then you get the the egg which is the the prize you're aiming for Mm. Which again is the same as Tony Hawk's, isn't it? You can get a really fantastic score by just doing like a couple of moves, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you know how to do them right, then you can. And you know the right moves to do. This game, yeah, it was so part of the zeitgeist at the time. It appeared in all sorts of places and in all sorts of lives. But it also... Like, it was that big that it pushed Activision to make their own brand for, like, extreme games. Activision 02, it was called. And they they had this, they had that wakeboarding game. I can't remember what it's called. But then they had Sean What's his face's surfing. Sean Mendes. That was another one of them. No, Sean the Sheep. Sean Mendes. Sean the Sheep surfing, yeah. Yeah. They had lots of them. And there were there were whole games that I, I honestly think that the extreme sports genre wouldn't exist in the way that it did in that early two thousands, in the way if it wasn't for Tony Hawk, you wouldn't have Dave Mirror BMX, you wouldn't have Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX, you wouldn't have any of those games. Even SSX, I'm I genuinely wonder whether even such a big franchise as SSX would exist in the way it did. And this even had Spider Man in it as well, didn't it? Yeah, I I think it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. If you completed the career enough times, you unlocked Spider-Man. You could also enter a cheat. I don't remember the cheat. There was a game... I One of them maybe had Darth Maul as well mm. as a hidden skater. It's a very tenuous tie-in, isn't it? Like, oh, he's a character in this film so let's just shove him in a skateboarding game well no it's not really again because i feel like star wars is very tied into what people say passes for gamer culture like if you yeah, i guess so. i actually feel like a bit of a black sheep in terms of not liking star wars not really caring for star wars as might be ambivalent yeah i'm fairly ambivalent to it all it's like geek culture isn't mm. it certainly at that point it was like there's a lot of crossover between certain film geekery and game geekery and i think also the crossover between skateboarding and games might have been something that legitimized geekery and made the alternative scene a little bit more Possibly. acceptable a little bit more open to geeks or maybe it just taught geeks how to be cooler it didn't teach me nothing <laughs> Clearly not. No. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, actually, for bringing that to the table this episode. Thanks, you. Thanks, you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for persisting. Thank you for saying you like the game, even though I don't think you'll ever play it again. No, probably not, but that's the norm, isn't it? I'll just go back to my usual yeah. 3D platformers and uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, there's nothing wrong with any of that. Mm-hmm. That all sounds really good to me. So thank you as well for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and... The other one. Twitter. Twitter. So that you can be made aware when each of these episodes come out. They come out every Thursday. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. We also do other things and hopefully we'll start doing even more in the future. See you later. 